If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman. Along with me is Steve Balsteri. Derek Haven should be joining us very shortly. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the Patriots' needs, and the way we're going to do it on this episode is we're going to count them down from five to one, our top five needs for the Patriots. It's going to involve the players, but I think they'll also involve the coaching staff as well, top five. So that should make it in for an interesting show. We'll go from five to one, with one being the Patriots' number one need. I have a feeling we might be in agreement of what the number one need is, but we're not there yet. <laughs> In the meantime, as I always say on this show, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and on YouTube to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel. It does help other Patriots fans find us. Also, please feel free on Apple Podcasts to lead us, leave us a review and a rating. Same thing. It does just help the process of other Patriots fans finding Patriots 4th and 2 because anyone that has gone on Apple Podcasts knows there must be a hundred different Patriots podcasts. It's difficult to get known. So we've been doing it for 11 years and we still have Patriots fans trying to find us. So please do leave a review and please do uh, subscribe. All right, Steve, while we wait for Derek, he's being fashionably late. Shocker there. <laughs> so I have an interesting topic to get us going while we wait for Derek. And you and I were talking about this off air. So What's been good for me, as if anyone doesn't know, I've been really doing my other podcasts a great deal. And one of the benefits of that is that it's been helping me avoid all the talk here in New England about the Patriots, because 95% of it is worthless to me. But against my better judgment this morning, I decided to listen to the Felger and Maz show from last night the first hour with Greg Bernard. And what's interesting on this, I know, Steve, I know <laughs> that Steve and I have talked about this for years. I don't know if I talked to Derek about it, but they have been basically dancing around the subject on how they feel about the Patriots organization with their spending. They refuse to word use the word that I'm about to say until 
yesterday. Michael Felger used the word cheap to describe the New England Patriots. So, Steve, I thought that would give us a great opportunity to talk about this because the Patriots act as business is being done. They use the salary cap as their business model. And I don't see them as being cheap. I'm seeing them as with the salary cap, there's an ebb and flow to it year to year. There's going to be years where they're going to spend more, and there's going to be years where they spend less, but they usually spend around the same amount. That's why the salary cap is there. I don't see them as cheap at all, Steve, but I want to get your thoughts on this because the perception out there, partially because of this show on 98.5, the Sports Hub, and others, that the Patriots are cheap. Let's talk about it. I don't think they're cheap, my friend. I know you don't either. No. Um, and hello, Chris Godwin's always right on top of things when we come on. So thank you, um, Chris, for always being there. Goodwin, excuse me. I was watching pay, uh, Vikings Valhalla, so I, I was <laughs> strapped on with the Godwin. But anyway, are they cheap? No. They're careful. And that's why the Patriots are not in the position that the Rams are in right now. Right. Because, you know, everyone was uh, talking about how great the Rams are. And now look at where the Rams are one year after they won their Super Bowl. Their coach was even contemplating stepping down because he didn't want to be part of a rebuild after they spent a fortune. And now they can't they can't compete as we saw uh, this past season. Right. Uh, there are other teams in the same boat. I mean, look at what happened with Denver. Yeah, they they went all in during the Peyton Manning years, and they spent a ton of money, and now, um, you know, they were in the boat that they're in, you know, because they strapped themselves to Russell Wilson. That's and right, And he was not good this year. And, yes, good morning, Claire. I loved your uh, self-promotion, by the way. So. <laughs> I was just about to share that, Steve, because our yeah. friend Claire, you shouldn't do the radio shows, Russell. Claire Perspective is a nice Patriots podcast. Yes, it is, Claire. It really is. It's a wonderful Patriots podcast. I would highly recommend it. There are certain guests that you have on that I'm not a big fan of. You know who they are. That's between us. But it's a wonderful podcast, so I would highly recommend it. And Claire, it's a wonderful host. So incredible host, incredible host. She really but back is. to the back to the being back to the, the matter you know, at hand. Yes, the Patriots. Uh, they've always been careful with their money, much to the chagrin of many of these radio shows, because they want. What do we always say? What do they want? They want well, they the want, name, right? They, they want, want the, name, the name, Steve. It's all about the name. It's all about that pop, because that's how that they can generate calls. They can generate listeners is that they want the name plus they probably struggle to come up with new ways to talk about the Patriots so it's easy it's an easy way to do it nope well I think I might have lost Steve for a second because I have a very interesting (laughs) pose for Steve Steve you back there with me yeah I'm back okay okay so what what did you want to ask me? Oh, no, I was just saying. So when we look at it, when we talk about this claim of cheapness, I'm glad that you brought this up because 
the best way to look at it, like I said, it's about the salary cap. And I think the best teams manage it on a long-term basis. And they try, and I know the crafts are trying to do this. They want to try to win every year, but they don't want to have these incredible down years. Because when you go for it, like the Rams did, now they are in a disarray. You just mentioned, Steve, the Denver Broncos. That's going to set them back for years. And this is something that very quickly the radio shows here in Boston, they'll discount it because they won or they have the that name recognition. But I'll just throw this out to you that the biggest fan of the Russell Wilson move to the Denver Broncos was Tony Maserati. And he looks like an idiot today because I think that has really hurt that team for years to come. The Rams Imagine went for that. Right. He looks like an idiot. He, he does. He does. And <laughs> but, the Rams you know. themselves, I heard glowing talk of how they built their team, all of this, that they went for, more teams should do it. No, they shouldn't. More teams should not do it. More teams should build well, if, if you on a long-term basis. Well, if you flash where yeah. you, you, know, you get to the big game and then you're going to be saddled with, you know, as you said, Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. But because it, it what does it do? It it helps the radio shows with their their ratings because they can talk one year about how great they were, and then the very next year they'll flip flop like they always do and right. turn around and say they weren't smart with their money and now they're paying the price. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean that's that's what they do. That's exactly you know? what they do, Steve. And just... we we try on shows like ours and Claire's and then some other ones. We try to keep a even keel on things. We're not into the uh, you know the bombastic you know approach to everything where everything's a hot take. You know we don't do that. The Patriots don't with the salary cap. You know, they'll go after some big name guys, and right. here's Derek. You know, right. And but, and before we do that, I just want to share this from Chris because Chris, I want to put this into comparison. If you've ever listened to him, think of Simon Jordan, Chris. He'll know who I'm talking about. That's kind of Felger Mass. That that will give you an idea of what Fal what Felger Mass are about. Why are we bitching about Felger Mass right now? <laughs> what, because what they miss? call the Patriots cheap. They yes. called the Patriots cheap on their show uh, yesterday. It was the first uh, time. It's the first time they've done this, that Michael Fogger's actually done it. And I know why he hasn't. They've kind of danced around the topic because several years ago, Derek, Michael Fogger got himself into a little trouble by yep. calling the Bruins owner a thief. So he's <laughs> kept remember. away from that. But yesterday, for some reason, he felt he needed to call the Patriots cheap, and he did. And so that's why I thought I would bring it up on the show. Before we move on and go through our top five, Derek, what are your thoughts? Steve and I don't think that they're cheap. We actually use the Rams as the organization of going forward, and then it can really, you know, cause some serious issues moving forward. Do you see the Patriots as cheap? No, 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 I don't see them as cheap at all. Okay, very good. All right, good stuff. All right, so as I said at the beginning of the show, Derek's now with us. What we're going to do on this show is we're going to talk about the Patriots' needs 
we're, we're going to do it in a, in a little bit different way. Instead of just breaking down the roster, talking about the coaches, we're going to go through our top five needs. I'm going to go to Steve and Derek, and we're going to go from five to one. Okay? So, Steve, I'm going to go to you first as we talk about Patriots' needs. And I have a feeling we're all going to be in agreement of what the number one need is. It can include coaches, by the way. Just keep that in mind. So, number five, Steve, what is your number five need for the Patriots? I hope Steve and I, I hope Steve and I have some of these in common, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah, interested to find out. Number five. Number five, Steve. Boundary cornerback. Okay. Okay. Oh, and, okay. you know, I've been looking through some of the free agents and – Look, um, real quick on this, I know Derek will have uh, his own take on this, but, you know, I think they have a couple of really good young corners. I think they, you know, obviously you want some depth. I would love to see them bring in an established vet. I, I think two of the top names, especially the guy from the Eagles, Bradbury, Okay, he's probably going to be priced out of their range, but I'll tell you what—the number three corner, probably in free agents, is a pretty damn good one. Uh, Cameron Sutton from the Steelers. Okay, he, he was a backup, like a you know a guy they moved inside, outside, wherever he was needed for the first couple of years of his career. The last year, in twenty twenty one. They made him a starter. He had some really good games. He had some not-so-good ones. But this year, he was outstanding. Um, you know, quarterbacks that uh, passed against him only had a 67 quarterback rating and a 49% completion, you know. So he had three interceptions and 15 pass defenses. He's okay. a guy that you could bring in, and then you could also draft another guy in the middle rounds, and I think your quarterback room, a cornerback room, excuse me, would be set. I'm not so sure they're going to bring back Jonathan Jones at this point okay. because I think he's going to command a ton of money. Yeah, he is. Okay. okay. And with Marcus Jones on the roster, I think they can move him into the slot if Jonathan bolts for a ton of money. Okay. So th this is an interesting one before I go to Derek. So – do you think that Jack Jones can be your number one eventually, Steve? It, it sounds like you want someone regardless. Do you want that number one cornerback, or are you looking for someone that could be a one or a two? Well, I, I think with Sutton, you know, he, he might be your number one if they were to target this guy. He might be your number one this year, and I think Jack Jones in year three would – at least they hope he would be that guy. Okay. Good stuff. Derek, over to you. Thoughts on Steve's number five? Is it different than yours afterwards? Feel free to then go into your number five. Uh, it is different than my it is different than my five, but it, I do have it in my top five. Uh, okay. I, I have it higher on the list. Okay. Uh, so, my, so keep your thoughts on that when, when we get there. So Okay. So do you want me to go with your my number five? five or okay, yes, my number five is number my number five, five is free safety. Um, I, I, I do think that, uh, Devin McCourty seems like he's going to be done. We don't know that for sure, but assuming he's going to be done, just given the emotion and kind of the, the tenor of like how things ended, um, you know, last week, it just seemed like Devin was going to be gone. And I think they're, 
in a really good spot at the safety position. I really do. I think Adrian Phillips and uh, Kyle Duggar had a strong end of the year. Uh, and I, th- I don't think enough people are talking about how well Jabril Peppers played. The he last played great. I thought he played half- fantastic. I thought, I thought he really built on the last half of the season. The last few games, he was all over the place. And I would love to see him be back. I, I don't know what Me kind too. of money he's... I don't know what kind of money he's going to command, but his versatility and where you can move him, he's the perfect Bill Belichick type player where you can really move him all over the board, you know, and um, I think I think he was terrific. But free safety, I think, is where you get into it a little more. You can go back and forth on a little bit. Like, I, I know Kyle Duggar has <laughs> the uh, athleticism to play it, but... He's also better in the box and closer to the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, could he be a playmaker in the back end of the field? He might be able to do that. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but I think that they need to look at some kind of safety, uh, free safety, excuse me, if Devin is is for sure done. That would be my fifth. My, my fifth okay. Meeting. Derek, back to you because I want to work on this just a little bit because to my detriment, I did listen to Felger Maz in the first hour. <laughs> With Greg Bedard, and they did the three up and three down. Yep. And I don't remember who mentioned this, but they talked about Kyle Duggar as being a sneaky bad for the Patriots this season, <laughs> that he was overrated. This is from Greg Bedard, I'm paraphrasing, that he had just as many bad plays as he did good plays. Dumb. Thoughts on that, Derek? I think that Kyle Duggar his biggest weakness is when he is one-on-one on coverage. Uh, but I think that if he is playing... He's focusing on the tight end coverage. I'm sorry, what? Bedard was focusing on oh, how bad he was against okay. tight ends. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I struggle with dairy. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, like everyone has, everyone has something. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. he's not, he's not perfect. I mean, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Kyle Duggar is, you know, without issue. Yep. I think that when he is in one-on-one coverage, tight ends, receiver, I don't care what the position is. Yeah. He's not, he's not great. I, I, okay. I, I, that, that is his biggest weakness, but he is an elite playmaker. He is someone who is, uh, absolutely incredible from a physicality standpoint, strong against the run, uh, in excellent anticipation. I mean, yeah, we, we, we can nitpick, um, you know, is he one of the best safeties in the league? I don't know, but he's a damn good player for this team. I can tell you that right now. So, okay. and, 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 you know, okay. Steve, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I didn't share this with you before, but this is <laughs> one of the things that stood out to me in the hour. I'll never get back from my life. So, Thoughts on Kyle Duggar, because when I heard this, I was thinking, what the hell is his problem? I'm talking about Bernard. So your thoughts. Um, I thought, you know, um, sure, he had some bad plays this year, but he also had a lot, in my opinion, he had a lot more very, very good ones, some outstanding ones. And I right. think, like Derek, I, I think that they may – actually move him to free safety because he is so athletic and make him be kind of like the center fielder back there. And because of that, I was hoping, you know, Adrian Phillips down there and, you know, um, I, I would really love to see them resign peppers who I think okay. is like Derek said, he was the end of the year. You could tell 
he was fully healed from that ACL. I thought at the beginning of the year, he was a little tentative out there. He, he didn't seem all the way back. And at the end of the year, I thought he was. And, right. you know, if they bring Peppers back, they still have a really deep safety room. So. Yep. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Good stuff there, Steve. Derek, back to you. Let's go to number four. What's your number four? My number four is a you know an, an off ball athletic linebacker. Uh, I thought okay. Juwan Be- I thought Juwan Bentley had his best year this year, and he's he he again along with along with Duggar, um, you know, and along with Peppers. I thought people aren't talking about his year enough. I thought Bentley, you know, in the past, I thought that there was a lot more. I mean, and maybe it was just one of those things, but I thought in the past we've talked about Bentley as a liability at times on the defense. And I thought this year it wasn't the case. It, it, it seemed like he was putting himself in better position. I think he's, I think he's kind of stepped up as one of the leaders. I would not be surprised to see him as a captain next season. Uh, I know that he was, uh, was he this year? I forget. I guys, I, you guys remind me, but I, I, I just think he's stepped up and he's, his play has improved. And, and yes, is he, you know, is he, uh, you know, Devin Lloyd you know, with, with the, with that kind of, you know, athleticism? No. Um, but is he someone that, uh, I thought was more of the solution and not the problem? <laughs> I do. And, <laughs> and it was, it was one of his better years. Okay. All right, Steve, over to you. Thoughts on Derek's number four before you share your number four? Yeah, um, I could see that. I mean, to Derek's point, Jawan Bentley did have his best year this year. And I know he said it in the past, and I think we all need to say it. Big mea culpa for me <laughs> on, on Jelani Tavai. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. Come on. Oh, absolutely, guys. On all Last, of us, right? During the preseason, I was like, why is this guy out there? And uh, everybody, I think he, he proved me wrong. I mean, I thought he had a fantastic year. Um, you know, he's he's more athletic than I gave him credit for. Right. And, you know, I think. And him I and Uche complement each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they, 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 they use them in situations and they complement each other. Perfectly. And boy, they did a great job in the running game this year. I, I know yep. they had some issues with those mobile quarterbacks, but I think that's a whole defensive thing that they, I think See, they got that they, under control. They really got but, that. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, at the end of the year, they faced the Bills twice, and Josh Allen did not rip them apart no, in no, either one of those point. games. So uh, I that, think they finally figured it out okay. <laughs> how to defend that. But. My number four, okay, is tackle. Okay, sorry, number four is tackle. For really, you have three other needs higher than tackle. Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm interested to hear about it. All right. Go um, ahead, Steve. I think Isaiah Wynn is gone. I think uh, then they're, they're not going to make any effort to re-sign him. And as Derek and I talked about offline. You know, they, they could go one or two ways here. They could sign a, a left tackle, move Trent Brown to right, or they could sign a right tackle and then maybe draft a guy in the middle rounds as a left tackle and give him a year to get his feet under him and take over. Um, but I, I really think 
they're going to double dip here between free agency and the draft. And it really needs to happen. We saw the year that both Brown and Wynn had, which was the worst of their professional careers. And it kind of snowballed on them big time all season long. Okay, very good. All right. So, I'm sorry, what was your number four? Tackle. He, he was tackle. Tackle. Okay, Derek, your thoughts? Um, my, my, I have tackle higher on my list, but I do agree, and it's absolutely a need. Um, I okay. I think that I would love to see the double dip happen, whether you know they take a tackle yep. in the first, I would say, I would say day one or day two. Uh, I think it needs to happen. Uh, I I think that you can keep Trent Brown next year. I thought Kyle McDermott or Connor McDermott showed a little something. Yadni Kajust, really nothing. They need they need a guy they can rely on. I think they need to double dip with veter with a veteran as well. Honestly, I would put money into um, into the market and 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 bring in a, a, a blue chipper. There's a Matt McGlinchey is the right tackle for yeah, the 49ers, I, and he was a former Notre Dame player. He would fit in this scheme. He is you know in his mid twenties, and he's been an All Pro tackle. Uh, he's he's the guy that I would throw my bag at if 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 uh, the Patriots decide to throw money around this offseason. I think you okay. could I think you could throw money at him. Make him a very highly paid tackle. He's a converted tight end, which they love. They love that athleticism. And right. I would go ahead and 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 throw money at him. You have Trent Brown for one more year to kind of ease in the rookie. And that's how I would attack it. Yeah, okay. I agree with you, Derek. In fact, on Sunday, I wrote about that because I said that you were the one that um, mentioned to me about McGlinchey with the 49ers yeah. and – you know, that would be a really good upgrade for them. And and I agree. I think McDermott showed enough, and Belichick seemed very impressed with him the last few weeks of the season. He had some nice comments about him. I have no problem if they bring him back on a modest, you know, contract. And you, you got to have depth, guys. Right. Yeah, I mean he's 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 kind of like your he's kind of a guy that you can kind of like plug in and you're not you're not like totally gripping your seat. Like is he the is he gonna be a, a terrific starter for you? No, but can he can he you know stop the bleeding? You know, right. I think and that, that's I, the I guy think he, for him. He, you know, he showed enough the you know the final whatever was it four or five games, you know, that yeah, last third of the season. Uh, he, I mean he'd be a good depth guy for for the Great. team next year and you got to have depth yeah i mean I you got to have it so i i would bring him back i have no issue if they bring him back on a modest deal but yeah they need they need starter caliber guys Tackle. and i think mcglinchy would be a really nice veteran to pick up and you're not paying left tackle money and yeah. you could still add you know a uh, uh a guy in the draft and there's there's plenty of good tackles okay good stuff there all right derek over to you you're number three uh, let's see here. <laughs> We're going backwards. I'm just making sure I'm, <laughs> uh, my number three is the, um, so I guess my number three would be, um, would be, uh, sorry, cornerback. Corner. Um, so we're going back to corner. Okay. Yep. So going back to corner, um, I do think they need cornerback help. I do. My, my hope is that they re-sign John Jones, but as I was telling Steve, Offline the other day, uh, you know, I was looking at Spotrack, which does a lot of um, Miguel type things. They do a lot of cap and and con- anticipated contract value and stuff. And uh, you know, they're anticipating him getting 
you know, about 20 or about 12 and a half million dollars a year, which is a lot of money. And, and Hey, he, 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 he showed his versatility last year. He's always been a very good slot corner, but he played outside. And while he wasn't perfect, I think people need, I thought people were a little hard on him the second half of the season when you're going against arguably every single game, <laughs> one of the best cornerback or one of the best receivers in the league. Like right. if you think about it from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, think of, think of who John Jones had to cover. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs twice, Tyreek, you know, Jalen Waddle. It's it was uh, you know, it was literally a murderous row of receivers. I thought John Jones made himself this money this year. I hope he gets paid, yeah. but I do think the Patriots desperately need some help at cornerback this year. Uh it, despite their young corners, I would hope they bring him back and then add another veteran about his ca- about his caliber. Uh, I thought Sut- I thought the Sutton idea from Steve was yeah. was was intriguing. Yeah, uh, I like that. And, and and I would rather go with giving a veteran a good amount of money if this position than a younger player because I do think they have some younger guys. But do you I think w- Jack Jones can be that number one eventually. I don't. I don't. Okay. But I but I, I think he I think he could be very similar to. You know, JT Jackson, you know, JC Jackson, which is a high compliment. I mean, JC got himself paid. Uh, I think Jack is an opportunistic guy, you know, opportunistic in terms of like, you know, turning the ball over. Um, I'm not sure he can be like, I don't think he can be like that Stefan Gilmore lock it down kind okay. of player. Uh, I just don't think that's his style, but I do think he can be a really good piece. Marcus Jones was phenomenal on the slot. There was no player that PFF have you know, had graded higher than him as a pure corner, you know, in, in college. Um, I, I just think that they should go after a veteran and, you know, let the younger guys kind of develop and move up. Okay. Excellent. Steve, over to you. You're number three. My number three is wide receiver. Wow. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and I'm, you, you kind of get where I'm going with this as we're building up, right? Yeah. So- I- I got an idea. I'm honestly, real quick, I'm honestly really fascinated what your top two are because I th- feel like I know what the, one of them are, but I feel like there's something that I'm missing. It makes me... Derek, okay. we're almost there. We're almost there. We're I know. We're almost I'm there. But I, I think wide receivers, number three. I think okay. they have, um, you know, they still have Kendrick Bourne and uh, Thornton. So you, you have a couple of guys right there. Jacoby Myers is is going to command some money, but I would really like to see them bring him back. Okay. Um, just because him and Mac Jones have great chemistry. We've seen that for the past two years. And he's a possession type guy. He's not a game breaker, but they need that guy in the lineup. Now, I know the Patriots, and I got caught up in it too. They've been rumored to – be, uh, I know where you're you know, going. Yeah, with DeAndre Hopkins, right? And honestly, for the same amount of money that they're going to have to pay DeAndre Hopkins, they can pay two veteran guys. Now, the guy I'm going to mention, I don't know if they'd even be interested in him, but if you re-sign Myers and then you go after a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, wow, that's an interesting name. Now, he had uh, 900-and-something yards with the Chiefs last season. He's not a number one, but you can have two number twos with Myers and 
and Schuster that you'd get for one guy in Hopkins. Okay. And they're both they're both younger than Hopkins. And I, I was thinking about it, and it seems like that's a typical Patriots move. Like we can get two guys yeah. to fill the role of one guy. Okay. And is it a true number one game breaker? No, he's not. But I think you know the the Patriots offense has always been kind of like we have really good number two guys, and the only time they really had a number one was um, Randy Moss. So right, you know, I I would I would like to see them do something like that, and they can still you know in the mid to late rounds draft another guy and you know see where the chips fall i mean i i think the receiver draft class this year isn't great okay i think it's okay it's not as good as it's not as good as it's been in the last i think next year would be a a really good year to draft a a guy if you wanted Mm -hmm. to go higher but you know that i'd really like to see that i think they're gonna let aguilar walk i mean i don't think that's a shocker please you know yeah. And honestly, I think they can save money if they cut Devontae Parker because that would add about six million bucks. Okay. To you know your free agency. So you would get you- rid of him at this point, Steve. You've seen enough. Well, I mean, I, I like Parker. I think he's really good at what he does, but you know, um he had a couple of really solid games this year, but there was too many games where he just wasn't a factor. I'm just kind of, you know, where he missed uh, about a month for, uh, you know, a concussion. I mean, right. You can't help that. But, you know, it's just like the chemistry with him and Mac really wasn't there for me. I mean, they had it a couple of games. They connected. Uh, I like Parker's skill set, but it's. I I don't think he's what they need. So if you can save six million bucks. And get another guy, I'm all for it. Okay. Derek, over to you. Thoughts on Steve's, and then we're going to go to the top two. Um, so my – I'll just kind of bridge the gap a little, Russ, and I'll just – Oh, okay. So my second is is receivers. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, well, so, there we go. So my my my, my top two will be receiver. Um, I, I agree with Steve. They need to let Aguilar go, and they can reinvest somewhere else. I would like to give what they gave Aguilar to Myers. I don't know what he's going to command. I could, I can envision something for Jacoby being something along the lines of like five and fifty, you know, five and sixty. I could see something like that. I don't know if he's going to get more than that. Um, and I think it would be great to have him, you know, in terms of, yeah, is he going to do anything special? No, but he's just kind of the guy that you can. He's a he's a reliable player who is smart, and I think that if you want. If you had him in your top, you know, in your in your top three, I think you're in pretty good shape, you know, there from a, uh, you know, from that perspective. Um, wide receiver, to me, you have Parker where you have questions. I understand where Steve's coming from. I think that if you can keep him as a depth piece, you can use him situationally on, you know, on, on, a, on a boundary or in a red zone. Um I don't know about Bourne because they confused me about Bourne. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, part of me, part of me thought, you know, Bourne last year was one of the biggest values in the NFL, $4 million a year. And then this year it was like, well, he would either have six for 116 or he would be, you know, he'd play three snaps a game. I I don't know. I I don't, I can't answer that question because 
because the team quite literally confused me more than maybe any player in the history of the Bill Belichick tenure is Kendrick Bourne. If they don't and, like him, then just get thing, fucking rid of him. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, I, okay. I, I think Sorry about that, everybody. But, uh, okay. was, Sorry, everybody Miguel. was confused Sorry, with this Bourne thing last year. Yeah, and you know, a, a big thing. You know, we're talking about players and maybe bringing in guys, especially on the offensive side. It's all going to be predicated on who they bring in yep. as the next coach because this guy will have a vision of who he wants, what fits what they want to do and all that. So I, I think with some new blood in the coaching staff that whoever comes in, it would have to look at Bourne and say, why wasn't this guy a bigger part of the offense? So, I, and, and, and I know, and I know that Tyquan Thornton will be in the mix next year, but technically yeah. oh, he's yeah. the only one who definitely will. I mean, yeah. you could make the argument that every single receiver aside from Tyquan Thornton is gone next year. I don't think that will be the case. I'm just saying you could make that argument. So For you're sure. going to have the reason it's so high on my, on my list, which is yeah. two. The reason is because I just think you're going to have a lot of turnover at that position. And I do think you uh, could welcome it. You know, I mean, there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, uh, moving parts on this roster this off season, but I think receiver, they're going to, ha- you know, you probably won't be able to maximize that quote unquote number one guy, but I think you could draft a guy in the first two, you know, in the first two days, you know, relatively high. And I think you could similar to tackle. I think you could sign a veteran that would be pretty serviceable and, and help upgrade the room. You know, you know, you're, you were probably at, I, I don't think they maximized the value at the, at the position last year because the offense was a disaster, but I think that you could incre- increase the talent, you know, and maybe go from a, a B minus to a B plus, you know, okay. something like that. I well, don't know if there's you know, a guy they're going to take that's going to take them to the the top tier stratosphere. But like Steve said, I think the draft is mediocre in that in that talent position. I think it's yep. good, but it's not it's not great. I think next year you'll probably be a little bit better. But there's okay. still some good players coming out this year if they want to go that route. Yeah, right. in regards to the wide receivers, like as I was envisioning it, if they re-sign Myers and they would pick up a guy like Schuster, yeah, your top four would be, you know, in no particular uh, yep you know apparent order or whatever just schuster myers born and thornton i yeah, think that's a solid. good yeah that's a that's a good you know starting four guys right certainly there. enough to help a quarterback and help evaluate him <laughs> so. yeah i think then you know if if you get help at tackle and you bring you have that kind of receiver core yeah i think you're in good shape okay on paper you're in yeah. good shape all right. Good good stuff about the wide receiver. Steve, before we go to number one, you're number I'm still two. I'm on my number two. I know. I'm, that's why I'm going to you. <laughs> number two, special teams coordinator. Oh, I love it. Okay. Their, their special teams this year were awful. I mean, that was the lowest in Bill Belichick's uh, career as Patriots head coach. They need an upgrade. I don't think it's the players. I think it's the coach. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not criticizing. Well, I'm not crucifying Cam Acord here, but I just think that he did not do the job the last two years. The special teams let this team down and cost them valuable games. I think if uh, 
you know, you go back to some of these games and they, other than Marcus Jones, they did not have a great year. And okay. much as I hate to say it, it's maybe it's time to bring in a new kicker and a new punter. Okay. Very but I, I would love to see, you know, as much as everyone hates Joe judge right now, because he was the <laughs> quarterback's coach. If they were to move Joe judge right back into that, special teams area i mean that's why yeah. he got hired as a head coach because right. where he, he was be. such a good special teams coach yeah i would love that yep. okay derek thoughts on steve's number two by the way when we get to number one we do have some breaking news not i actually crazy... was about to say the same okay, okay we have so... some breaking news in regard to what i think your number one is going to be we'll talk about that in just a second but before we do that oh. derek go ahead and thoughts on the on uh, Steve's number two. So m- one of my number one needs w- isn't on my list. And okay. the reason that is, is because I literally kept this as all positional players. I was, oh, keeping, okay. I wasn't keeping coaches in the mix at all. <laughs> um, so I love Steve's idea. I just didn't have coaching on my list. So I'm just telling okay. you right now, my number one has nothing to do with coaching, even though, yeah, the coaching needs to improve because it was okay. not up to my, you know, <laughs> my, my, what what about my standards? And certainly they should have. Well, your standards are extremely high, Derek. We know. <laughs> well, I, I agree with Steve. I would have no problem with Joe Judge being at number two. Uh, you know, in term, I would have, I would like to see him be back, moved back into that world. Um, often the coordinator to me, uh, you know, in special teams coaching, certainly, certainly should be high on the list. Uh, my okay. number one, uh, Russ, uh, was tackle, um, and. Okay. So I have I have tackle and and receiver and corner is basically my top three with okay. coverage linebacker uh, and safety and 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 the second tier, but Excellent. my yeah I, I I would put tackle up on the list. Um, I just don't. Even though I think that uh, that will receive, you know, I could see. Even though I think that they need a boundary cornerback, I can at least look at some young talent on corner, which is why I have them third at receiver. I see a lot of turnover, but I can see guys returning guys that I know can, you know, be serviceable, which is why I kept them the second. My, my, my biggest um, need would be tackle. And the reason I have them so high is because yeah, Trent Brown will be back. And, but you have Connor McDermott, you have Isaiah Wynn, you have uh, Yadin Kajus. I mean, none of those guys really provided any reason to have optimism that they could be there for a, a whole year and be at least serviceable. They don't really have any young guns in the, and you know, in the works coming up, uh, which is why the other two outranked out, out them. Um, I think you need to invest, as I said before, both in the veteran market with free agency and in the rookie market in the draft. I think you need to take two guys and put some, you know, two, you need to add at least two guys, if not three, I think you really need to invest in tackle this year because your offensive line wasn't good enough. And um, the coaching was bad. The receiver play was not great, but the tackle position is going to get whoever's under center, whether you're a Mac Jones fan or not, you're going to get him killed and you can't evaluate a guy when he's on skates. And that's what happened this year. Okay. Excellent. All right. Coming up next, we're going to go to Steve Balsher's Number one need for the Patriots. And we do have some interesting breaking news coming from Ian Rappaport to end the show.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steve. Before... Before I go to you, I'm just going to share some information that just came across. I don't know if you saw this or Derek saw this, but according to Ian Rappaport, the Patriots have requested an interview with Vikings wide receiver coach Keenan McCardell for the offensive coordinator position. Can I also add something else? Go Uh, ahead. uh, So they did that, which I thought was interesting. Um, He He's coached under Nathaniel Hackett, and then he coached under Kevin O'Connell, who was a former Patriots quarterback, uh, uh, you know, back, what, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, Steve, they also, the Patriots also officially announced that they uh, interviewed Nick Cali. So that's interesting that announcement came through. And then Demarcus Covington, the defensive line coach for the team, is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Senior Bowl. So... That's not as important as the first two, but it's just one of those <laughs> things where, hey, you know, it's a, you got a, you got a positional coach getting some love for for yeah. for for the for the Senior Bowl that that I know the Patriots put a big emphasis on. If you just look at their draft last year, uh, so just something to keep in mind. But the offensive coordinator, you know, is obviously a big big in question, and you got two guys on the list in Nick Cali and and Keenan McCardell. So okay, yeah, that's interesting because. Um... You know, I saw yesterday where Zoe said, you know, he has sources inside. Of course he does. Of course he the does. The building. And uh, he was of the opinion that Callie was going to leave. Yep. So, I mean, that would be interesting. And, and in fact, that, uh, well, which leads right into my number one, and I think you both know where I'm going there. Yeah. I think offensive coordinator number one. is the most important, you know, fix for this team this year 100 uh, you you can't evaluate and you know they're coming up on year three with mac jones right and you you can't evaluate him as a, a long-term viable you know franchise quarterback for what we saw this year because of all the issues that they had starting with the coaching right i thought the coaching was terrible this year you you had a sieve at at tackle 
uh, you know, he was under duress almost every time he dropped back to pass. So, you know, um, I think they need to make some changes. And, you know, as we said, offensive coordinator, this guy, when we're, you know, if they hire Keenan McCardell or Nick Callie, whoever, uh, I thought you were going to tell me they asked to speak with Eric Bieniemy. I don't know why. I nope. just had that feeling. You know, they, they wanted to interview him. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, when you have a an offensive coordinator, he's going to make the, you know, the calls on the right. kind of players he wants, who he wants in, who he wants out. You know, he they might be some players on this roster that he's going to decide eh, we don't need this. It doesn't fit what we're going to do. So I think it's so important. Because right. with Jones coming in uh, year three, you know, they have to decide at the end of next year, is he going to be the guy, you know, or do we need to move on? Yep. And yep. the only way that they're going to be able to do that, you know, is to put the right people around them. They need right. not only uh, a new offensive coordinator, but a quarterback coach that will probably come with the coordinator. Right. And, you know, they, they need this, you know, Provide him. Stop trying to put a square peg in a round hole. No, I agree, Steve. I agree. You, you have to look at what he does best, what he doesn't. Okay? We're not going to focus on trying to make him do what he doesn't do best. We're going to focus on what he does good. Right. And then, you know, tailor our offense around that with the players. Yep. And I think that's the number one need. And I will, you know... I would love to see them retain Cali because see, I, I want I him was... to be the offensive coordinator. I've already said this. I want him to be the offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, because, you know, the bottom line is I thought he should have got the job last year. Right. As I, I talked to both of you offline. I know Derek and I spoke about this. If they struggled this year with Cali as the offensive coordinator, I could accept that. Yeah. Because he's a young guy. He's learning on the go. You have to Just learn. Just like Josh McDaniels somewhere. did, Steve. Yes. 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 You know, so but, anyway, you know, that the was interesting, my the number interesting. one. And, you know, I, yep. uh, as long as they bring in a true offensive coach, the guy, a guy, you know, who, who's been there and has worked his way up, you know, wide receivers, coaches, tight ends, coaches, that's where most of these offensive coordinators well, come from. So, well, let so, me ask you this. What are your thoughts, Derek, both of you on the, situation here that they've asked um well requested the ability to interview Keenan McCardell who was a very good wide receiver but what, what are your thoughts receiver. about that I I'll tell you it's it's reason number 13,716 when Mike Reese drops a breadcrumb you fucking pay attention okay <laughs> again sorry Miguel I'll double double swear jar today um apparently Miguel the will be cussing us all out, out in his yeah way. I'm Miguel not gonna hear the sorry. end of this from him uh, but no I love you Miguel I'm so sorry uh but <laughs> when Mike Reese says something you listen because in his Sunday notes he listed Keenan McCardell and and my antenna went up but I go where something. did he this come from yeah of course and um I I agree with Steve a hundred percent. It is certainly the team's biggest need. Yeah. Um, I didn't list it in my top five because I was just doing players, like I said, right. but um I, it is extremely important, very interesting. Um, uh, and I, I I'm curious to see what they do with the position. I mean, this is the first time in 
I mean, you guys helped me try to remember. I mean, I it's it's been it's been a long time since I remember them interviewing another team's uh, you know positional coach and going kind of outside of their. I can't remember you know, the worlds. last time they've done this. It's been a long time, you know. So, uh, and the Cali thing is fascinating. He want he was rumored to have wanted to leave last year with Josh McDaniels uh, to go to Vegas, but Belichick apparently, from what I understand, put a stop to it. He had a year left on his uh, contract, too, so now he's a free agent. So he can technically go anywhere. The only yeah. reason I think he stays with the Patriots is if he gets a actual title. Otherwise, I think he'll join a different staff. But yeah. it would be interesting to keep an in-house guy. It'd be interesting to go outside. Yeah, I mean, I, oh. I, I, I almost, I, I would like Nick Cayley, but the idea of McCardell and kind of introducing a different idea of thoughts is intriguing because of how big of a, you know, an S show this whole year was. To be honest, right. I mean, well, it that was, just shows you. That you that they are looking at all options because I agree. I was good. thinking that they would do as so many here have been talking about, even though I've haven't been listening a lot, I have seen some of it, that it would have to be someone from the Belichick tree or friend or whatever. Doesn't sound like that's where they're going. It sounds no, like it, they are going where they can find the right guy, wherever I, it is. I mean, even even if you don't want to obviously. Keenan McCardell is not uh, in the I mean, Belichick tree. He's got tree. no links to the Patriots. No. no. Well, the only link would be that he's the offensive coordinator for a guy that Belichick drafted. That would True. be the link, you know. But 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 it but it's not. But it's not. That's a very. That's a very. It's loose. It's loose. Yeah. But it's not. It's not to your point, Russ. I totally agree with you. It's not. It's it's just not the same thing. It's you know. No. So it it's just an interesting kind of thought and honestly it's the first time we're seeing this kind of news that i can remember in the last decade okay what is up with this sorry i have to share this <laughs> maybe kelly knows i'm happy to join the patriots as a tight end assistant yeah. enough claire enough i love you claire enough enough can i go a show without talking about the tight the tight, the tight end assistant there's some oh, there's there some kind go. of deshaun watson massage joke in there if i really want to yeah. oh no <laughs> enough okay okay <laughs> Okay. Not that I wouldn't mind having Claire come out here and Whoa. live in the Boston area. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that if she was the tight end assistant. I kind of like that. Just like, you know, it's funny. I would love someday still the dream, Steve and Derek, is for Asmir Bekovich to be the kicker for the New England Patriots. But it needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's listening. I just talked to him the other day. Asmir, how you doing? Did you really? Well, we didn't. Uh, no, we didn't get. To, I didn't. I shouldn't have said that. We 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 tweeted each other the other day, yeah. and I was just thinking Asmir's, I haven't talked to him in a little while. But. Yeah, I love Asmir. I, I I would. He's the best. You know, again, just for uh, selfish reasons, I, I'd like him to move here, so maybe I could actually meet him in person. So that's for selfish. He had some cool pictures on his Facebook page the other day. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it. Out. Okay, because I, I I wanted to tweet him on that as well, but. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to. And I, okay. and, and I love you, Claire. Sorry, I'm just making fun. No, we all, all love Claire. We all love Claire. Of we, course. She's the best. She's the best. Anyways, great show, guys. Fantastic show. Steve, final thoughts before we wrap it up. No, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of an offense McCardell would want to run. Maybe it's kind of what they're doing in Minnesota. Um, that that would be the only – I kind of like know. what they're doing in Minnesota, by the way. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, they score a lot of points. They do. <laughs> and, you know, but, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll learn more about, you know, what kind of 
uh, offensive system he'd like to run, and we'll see what happens. I, I think it's very intriguing. The fact that they're, you know, that they are going outside the normal chain of command here yeah. is intriguing to say the least. Let's see who else they, uh, you know, they bring in for an interview. But honestly, uh, I think it's just a good sign. They need to get this done sooner rather than later so they can yeah. start working on a vision for how they want this offense to be, you know, built this coming season. And there's no time like the present. Okay. Over to you, Derek. Final thoughts. I'll share mine and we'll wrap it up. Final thoughts is I'm excited that the team has taken some action in, in terms of addressing uh, a, an area that I thought they were negligent in this year. And as a fan uh, of, if you're listening to the podcast, obviously you're a fan of the Patriots. And and my my whole thing is, look, they I've spoken to both of you offline about this. Uh, you know, you know they sent their season ticket members uh, a, a, a letter right after the season's done, saying that this season was not up to their standards. They're they're interviewing people outside of the organization. They're making announcements that they're looking at offensive coordinators and making changes. I think that um, as frustrated as I've been with some of the decisions they made, uh, you know, personnel wise and from a roster standpoint, the last season or two, I'm encouraged that they have been proactive so early in the year. I think it's a good sign, and I do think it's going to be a very active off season for the team, both on the staff and from a roster standpoint. Totally agree, Derek. Very good stuff from the two of you. My final thoughts is I think that we're going to have to establish a swear jar and Derek's going to owe <laughs> Miguel some money because we'll, we'll donate to Miguel's uh, favorite charity. So I'm going to help put Brady through college. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Russ is Brady, not real Brady. He can afford it himself. You know? Thank, yes. Yes. My Brady. Thank you very much. All right. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2. Before we go, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube to the PassFans.com YouTube channel and also on Apple Podcasts. It does help other Patriots fans find us. Well, we're going to wrap this up for Steve Bastieri and Derek Havens. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PassFans.com.